morning, everyone. Welcome to Salem Fields. Let's stand to our feet and worship together this morning. Y'all feeling good? This is a new song for us to learn, so hopefully you pick it up, and by the chorus you're singing with us. Let's sing. Here's to the one who made the morning bright. Here's to the one who taught the stars to shine. Here's to the one who graced the dead of night. Pulled me from the dark, set my heart all right. Open up my eyes, wash away my sin. Here's to the one who gave his life for mine. Broke all the chains and set me free. All right, to the way, to the truth, to the life I live and the light you give. Jesus is to your name over everything. He's good. your love has done. Here's to the way you are the way my past. Here's to the future and the things to come. Here's to my Savior's everlasting love. To the way, to the truth, to the life I live and the light you give. Jesus is to your name over everything. can have a seat for a second. I'm not going to make you stand. I got some announcements for you all. Everyone feeling good? Everyone enjoy that extra hour of sleep? 
I know I did, and I still woke up late. So it just shows you how much my toddlers are keeping me awake. But, uh, hey, if you are a guest, welcome to church. We are so glad that you guys are here with us this morning. Uh, hopefully you saw as you came in, there's a table out there that says first-time guests stop here. Uh, we would love to get to know you. Stop at that table as you leave. We have a free gift for you there. Uh, and just want to say hello. Also, hopefully you got a program as you came in. There's a connection card in there. Just fill that out. There's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just drop that in there. Uh, again, no obligation or anything. We really just want to be able to reach out to you, uh, ask you any questions, see if there's anything you want to know about the church. But uh, if you are a guest, welcome. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Uh, again, this is just another way that we worship God here at Salem Fields Community Church. I mean, every gift that we have, every blessing that we have comes from a really good and faithful father. And so really just being able to the, give the first fruits of what he's given us financially right back to him for him to use however he sees fit. Uh, it's just an honor, just a great way to worship him and lift his name up. And so uh, if you are a guest with us, do not feel obligated to give, but there are many ways that you can. You can give cash or checks as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there. Uh, if you are online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. And if you do not have that app, just pull out your phone, download it. And also, if you want to pull out your phone during this time and check in on Facebook or whatever other social media platform you use. Uh, we live in a time and in a culture where everyone is engaging through social media. And so if we want to be able to reach out and connect uh, with those where they're at, that means going on to social media. So that might seem like some small thing to check in on Facebook or to, to tweet about it or to throw up an Instagram photo. But that is connecting with our world and our community right now. And that can go just a small thing can make a really big impact and hopefully maybe even connect them to knowing more about Jesus. So definitely do that. Uh, a couple of things uh, coming up. Uh, next weekend, we have our Military Appreciation Weekend. We love to honor and celebrate our active duty military and veterans. And so we really just want to love on them and just thank them so much for just the, their service and being able to just uh, fight and protect our freedoms. And one of those freedoms is being able to gather here this morning. And so what a great uh, honor and just uh, we want to express our gratitude. And so we're going to uh, recognize them all weekend next weekend. But the 11 a.m. service, that is going to be the service that is unique uh, where we do a couple more things. So if you have a active duty military uh, person in your life or a veteran, really want to encourage you, have them come be a part of that so we can celebrate them with you and thank them for their service. Uh, also coming up, uh, hopefully you saw the display as you came in, our Thanksgiving offering is going to take place at the end of this month on the weekend of November 23rd and 24th. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that we do here at Salem Fields because this is an offering that we do each and every single uh, November. Uh, we, we really have uh, Thanksgiving and, and gratitude on our minds. And, and really every single dollar, every single cent that we sow into this offering goes right back out to our local, national, and global communities. Uh, the impact we can't even begin to measure, but I love the theme this year of to infinity and beyond. Because the reality is what we give now, we might not ever see the impact of that. But we can know anything that we put into the hands of God will not return void. So to be able to give and to have that offering, we can know that it can even expand generations to infinity and beyond changing lives for all of eternity. And so we really just want to uh, have you prayerfully consider 
how God would want you to be a part of that. And you can even get a card today and fill that out today saying, you know what, God has already spoken to me. I already want to sow into this. And you can even give today. Um, but again, we're going to take that offering on the 23rd and the 24th. So pray about it. Uh, Pastor Kelly's going to be out there, and I'll be out there as well if you want to ask us any questions about it. Uh, but definitely keep that on your radar. And then lastly, next week, uh, next weekend we continue our classes next Sunday. Uh, this is uh, the next round of classes, and so um, really if you haven't been able to be a part of that, come, experience them all. Uh, there's so many different things. You can see the full rundown of those online, uh, and so we really just want you to be a part of that. Food and child care is provided next Sunday after the 11 a.m. service at 1 o'clock. And then as always, you have a couple other things going on in your program. Uh, we have a full list of announcements. And so we're going to continue to worship, so as those buckets pass by, uh, we want you to stand to your feet. Uh, we've got a brand new song to teach you as well. Uh, I know that uh, Hillsong released a brand new album, so I know the worship team, we've really been connecting with it. It's been resonating with us. Um, because, and I love this song because the reality is uh, we walk around in darkness, but when we find Jesus and we see the light of who he is, our eyes are open to all that he has done for us and all that he wants to do in and through us. And so we're going to celebrate that here this morning. And so as those buckets pass by, stand to your feet as we continue to worship together. All of this for your glory. 
scripture in Hebrews 13, and it says, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. All of us have a reason to praise this morning. No doubt about that. And so that's the whole thing that we do when we gather and we sing these songs and we lift up the name of Jesus. We are giving fruit from our lips. We are giving praise from our lips, and that pleases the heart of God. And so I know each and every single one of us, we have a reason to sing. So can we lift up the name of Jesus this morning? Can we give him the praise and the adoration that he deserves? Can we do that, church? Can we do that together? So let's sing this song out. Let's sing with everything that we have, and let's just praise him from the deepest parts of us with a posture of humility and worship and thankfulness.
Till that stone was moved for good For the land that conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who'd come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born you for everything that you are. We're so humbled and so thankful, God, for everything that you've done. You're so worthy, Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. So God, just be with us this morning and speak to us like only you can. Our hearts are open to you. Be with Pastor Gay as she delivers the message. Let us just respond however you lead us, Jesus. We love you, God, and we praise you. Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. up our big butts today but first of all I want to tell you about something that's coming in two Saturday mornings men you can close your ears except for me to say this to you it's hard being a wife would anyone agree with that yeah. Nikki Kreiner got this inspiration that said hey the men have men's advance so let's have a wife's advance <clears throat> and so we're gonna do this November 16th on a Saturday morning 9 to 12 and it's for any person that has been a wife, is a wife, or might be a wife one day. So I think that's all women, right? <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe not. Maybe there are some single women here. But uh, <clears throat> so we're going to come together. It's not going to be a husband bashing thing. It's going to be a support for a sisterhood that says, you know what? We don't have many people that we can talk to. 
And it's not going to be a complaining, griping kind of thing. It's going to be, wow, this is, this is where I am, and this is an important role that I have. And it's really hard sometimes. I heard that little rumbling when I said, it's hard to be a wife, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you're a husband, right? <laughs> so we're going to do that. So ladies, would you sign up as you walk out in the little lobby there? Just sign up because we we're going to have child care. And it's just going to be pretty simple. But um, we need to know the ages of your children, that whole thing. And this is just an opportunity. And quite honestly, um, my time is kind of coming to a close here in terms of the, the role that I have right now. And I've never done a whole lot with the ladies. And I'm really excited about having an opportunity to just for all of us to get together and do that thing. So uh, consider that. And I think it's going to be a good time. Well, you won't see Buddy around very often. He is with his mother. His mother is knocking on the door of heaven right now. And he's been spending time with her. He has spent the night there. And he's had some really uh, good moments with her. We were with her on Tuesday. And uh, she would pull herself up and get those big eyes. And, of course, I was always the favorite daughter-in-law. And so I would get in front of her face and I'd say, am I still your favorite? And she'd say, uh-huh. So <laughs> we, we've had some pretty special moments and Buddy's been staying there by her side. Uh, so we don't know when that's going to happen. He had a trip planned to India that he's not going to be able to go on, but he wants to be with her through this whole time. So um, he told the board, he told us he's not going to be around a whole lot. I'll probably go over there later today. And so uh, just pray for the family, pray for him. And it's a difficult time. I think people, I think we're prepared, but you're never quite prepared when you lose a mom. And so uh, some of us know what that's like. So just keep him in prayer. Well, we're going to finish up our series today. We're going to get into it. And I think we got some fun stuff to look at today and some, uh, a lot of truths. And uh, the first thing I just want to say that to impact you is our mind is a powerful tool. You know that? Our mind is a powerful tool because how we think directs our life. How we think directs our life. Solomon said, and this was many, many years ago in the Old Testament, Solomon said, as a person thinks that's who he or she will be. It's a powerful tool. And we're going to look at that. And then years later, in Rome, there was a Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius, and he said, whatever we think about is what we will become. And then Paul, maybe he was influenced by Paul, who just a few years earlier in Rome said this, and this is our big butt uh, scripture of the day. Because this is what Paul said. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but, everybody say that with me, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so all the way through history, this truth has been told. And it's still true today. You want me to tell you why it's still true today? Because humanity has never changed. It's why God and it's why Jesus focused so much on the heart and the mind. Because everything, the biggest battles that we will ever fight are in our mind. 
depression, anxiety, phobias, the biggest battles that we will ever fight are in our mind. And so Paul is focusing on this as we're going to focus on it today. And he's telling us how we can do this in life, how it's possible. He says, don't conform to the culture and the world that you live in, but we've got to have our minds renewed. And he says, be in the world. That means we can't remove ourselves from the world. We live in the culture. And I suspect that we don't really know how much the culture is influencing our thinking because we generally don't take time to sit down and kind of look at it through this. But he says, if your mind is renewed, then you will be able to know what the will of God is for your life. Now, people say to me all the time, well, what is the will of God for my life? Well, you can't know that for your life until your mind is renewed and you can get clarity and you can have truth. And there's really only one standard of truth that exists. And we're going to take a look at that today. And, but the first thing, and Paul knew this, you know, in scientific terms, it's called reliability. When, when something stands the test of time. And this truth, the fact that we need a renewed mind, the fact that we're inundated by the culture, and the way that we think and our mind being a powerful tool has been a truth that has been carried down for thousands of years. In scientific terms, that's called reliability. It means that it stands the test of time to be true. So we're going to take a look at that. Paul knew that our minds can be tricked. Did you know that? that your mind, that your brain can be tricked. Do you remember back in 2015 when we uh, had this great debate throughout the world, actually, the nation and the world, uh, over the color of a dress? You remember this? Okay. Uh, how many people see blue and black? How many people see white and gold? Oh, my gosh. This blows my mind every time I see that. Because I'm telling you, when I was in Friday... When I was back in the booth and I looked at that exact same picture, I saw white and gold. And I'm telling you, standing right here, it is black and blue. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so how many people see white and gold? Okay, look around. And how many people see black and... Okay, so half of the internet agreed with you during that time. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay, <laughs> point made. Point made. Your brains can be tricked. Your brains can be tricked because even scientists were befuddled by this phenomenon. They were befuddled about why people saw two completely different things. But here's what it did. It shed light on a fundamental truth. And here it is. Our brains are capable of amazing feats, but they are not infallible. They are not infallible. You cannot trust what you see. You cannot trust your brain. You can, your brain is not trustworthy to tell you the truth. And so many times we just accept what we see as the truth. And researchers know this because they've showed us ways that our brains are tricked into seeing things that really aren't true. They're called optical illusions. 
Now, I had an ophthalmologist in the service last night, went out to the bonfire, and we were talking about it. She said, I love optical illusions because I'm working with the eyes all the time with people. But researchers know this. You know what it is. If you watch Shim Lin on America's Got Talent, he's an illusionist, and what you see is really not what's happening, and that's what happens. So think TV. Think movie, okay? Like, you might be watching a, a story, but, and you might like that story, but you're not really seeing those events taking place because the brain is presented with these rapid series of static images, and it's tricked into thinking that you're seeing action, but it's not. What you're seeing is not really a story. It's not even taking place. Animators and cin cinematographers have figured this out, how to take advantage of what happens in our brain, and it's called the Pi Phenomenon. And here's an example. I could give you several examples, but you see, how many people see some motion there? Everybody. There is no motion. This is a static. <laughs> this is static. It's just that there are... Um, well, I can't explain it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to. I can get into it. But these side-by-side -side static stimuli that's going into your brain gives you the illusion that there's movement there. Do you see a white dot going around and around and around and around? Well, that's not really there. So you're going nuts. <laughs> it's static. There's nothing there. There's an optical illusion. That is not moving. Your brain fills in the gaps because those are going on and off. Now, cartoons, this is how cartoons are made. Remember how you'd see one picture and then they'd flip it and you'd get movement? Well, that's what our brains do. Our minds are constantly processing stimuli. And what happens is we're creating what we think is reality. But it's really not. Here's the thing, a big chunk of what we consider reality is actually our brains just making guesstimates and making judgments. And oftentimes those guesses and those judgments are not accurate, they're false. But so many of us are just accepting what we think is reality is truth. And it's not. And we have people walking around every day getting in arguments and arguing and, and thinking that somehow our perception is the truth. It's not. Because constantly our brain is taking in stimuli and we're making those judgments and we're making those guesstimates. And oftentimes, well, most times, they are false. Now, Hollywood and advertisers have figured this out. They've figured out how your brain works. They know how to attract you. They know how to get you to watch a cinema or to watch cartoons or to take that in. And advertisers know how to connect with a mushy brain that's just going to kind of accept whatever they're saying. They figured it out. And our culture doesn't even take the time to stop and think it through. Now, here's the thing. Our brains are a beautiful machine. They're complex they go way beyond computers. I mean, we don't even use most of our brain. They are a wonderful, beautiful, complex machine. However, your brain and my brain is far from trustworthy. It's far from being perfect. 
we cannot trust it to naturally give us the truth. We just can't. Yet, our mindset has the power to direct our life. And our mindset is directing our life. And oftentimes, we're trusting something that we see or that we think is real and we think is true. And it's taking us down a road where we don't want to end up. And we're not even understanding why that's happening. And that's why Paul is giving us this scripture where he says, don't be conformed to a, a culture where people aren't thinking about where their life is going. But be renewed, be transformed by a renewed mind. Not a mind that just trusts your own thinking. But we need a re renewed mind because our mindset has the power to direct our life. Now, I like to get into some research, and I think this one's pretty interesting. In 2006, there was a Harvard professor that solicited the help of 84 housekeepers at seven Boston hotels. Now, she told the workers at four of the hotels, she said, your work provides good exercise, and it meets the guidelines for a healthy, active lifestyle. Now, with the three other hotels, they told the housekeepers, nothing, just do your work. And so they compared the two groups, and four weeks, weeks later, the housekeepers who heard that their work was good exercise lost an average of two pounds and 0.5% of their body fat and experienced 10% drop in systolic blood pressure because they were told that their work was going to be good, healthy exercise and living. Well, guess what happened with the three that weren't told anything? Nothing. Nothing changed in every single one of those, those areas. Because you see, what the housekeepers expected is what they got. And our brains are doing that to us constantly. A mindset has power. Your mindset has power. Where is it taking you? There was another one in the New York Times reported on Cornell University discovery, and it was a food chemist with the Institute of Food Technolog Technologies, which sounds like a pretty uh, amazing researcher. And here's what they did. They added tasteless yellow food coloring, tasteless yellow food coloring to vanilla pudding. And guess what the people said they tasted? Banana and lemon. It was vanilla pudding. Our mind is a powerful tool. Same thing with Cheetos. The orange artificial coloring, it's tasteless. But when they gave Cheetos that didn't have that orange artificial tasteless uh, coloring, the people said, well, that doesn't taste cheesy. Our mind is a powerful tool. You want to change your experience? You want to lose weight? You want to think more creatively? You want to experience more joy? It's not just about changing your behaviors or talking yourself into something. You need to pay attention to the way you're thinking. You need to pay attention to your thoughts because our thoughts will point us in a direction and we'll go down that road. Because what we expect is what we get. 
And that means the day that you wake up and you make up your mind that you're going to be free, one day you will be free. You may not feel that way right now, but your thinking will direct your path. Your attitude in life will determine your altitude, how high you fly. Pay attention. If we're not paying attention to how we think, most likely we're being influenced by our cultural thinking. It's called, I call it, kind of lazy thinking because you don't really have to look at anything. You really don't have to change. You really don't have to evaluate anything. You just kind of go along with what other people say or what the culture's doing. And, and, and generally, that's what's happening in our culture. We're not paying and paying attention. And Paul said, don't be conformed to that. And we don't even realize that it's a choice. We don't have to fall for what the culture is telling us to do, but we do without thinking about it. Now, there are two types, types of conformity. One is called compliance, and the other is called internalization. Now, compliance is when we just change our outer behavior because it goes along with social norms. I mean, this is, we do this on a daily basis, and you may not be aware that you're doing it, but we're influenced by what the culture does. Now, here are some examples of it. The, our first one, traffic. We've got rules, right? We have to follow those rules, but does everyone love those rules? Does everyone agree with those rules? Do you know? <laughs> That's why we have accidents. It's why we have people flipping other people off. We don't, but we follow those rules because if we don't, we're going to get stopped by a cop. And when we get stopped by a cop, we're not saying, oh, thank you so much because I wasn't following that rule. <laughs> no, we get upset at them because we don't like the rules that keep us boxed in. But we go along with those rules, so it means that we're conforming on the outside with what the rules are, but we really haven't bought in on the inside. Here, how about another one? Okay, our education and career. You know, this is where young people get so confused because they look at somebody that's been directed. They knew that they wanted to be an architect from the time they were six years old, and they come up, and they go to college, and they come out, and they become an architect. And we compare ourselves to the people that are very focused, when in reality, you might get that degree and not even still know what you want to do. And that's okay, too. We, we're just so conditioned by what everybody else does that we think that's the way it's supposed to be, and that creates a lot of problems for us. Let's look at another one. Uh, uh, habits. Did anybody ever start smoking when you were a kid? Because it was a cool thing to do. Everybody did it, Right? Took the first drink, first drink I ever took. I was with a friend, went out. We had a little Boone's Farm, got drunk. <laughs> to this day, I do not drink apple juice. <laughs> and I never drank Boone's But it was the cool thing to do. I, was, I didn't even think about it. I just went along with my friends. And that's how we do. We don't even think about what's going to happen down the road. I don't think I've ever told a group of people I got drunk on Boone's Farm ever before, so you guys are special to me. <laughs> that was, are you clapping because I got drunk on Boone's Farm? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God I learned soon enough 
that that didn't become a habit. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. All right, so here's another experiment I want to tell you about. This happened with college students, a guy named Solomon Ash. He had 18 sets of these bars. And uh, if you look at that, what he wanted people to do is tell him, and the, these were college students, and he had groups of 8 to 10 people, and in those groups of 8 to 10 people, he would have 18 of these bars. And he would say to the college students, I want you to tell me which bar on the right-hand side is the same length as the bar on the left side. And he said, I want you to say the, the answer out loud. Now, to us, it looks pretty obvious and simple, right? But he had in every group, he had only one real subject, and the rest were plants. And what he asked them to do was uh, the, the real subject went next to last. And all the other people told the wrong answer. Are you following me? You know what's going to happen here? And so uh, they, they went through all of these. And uh, the next to the last person, you know what the result was? 37 out of 50 students gave the wrong answer. I mean, that was shocking. Only 13 people were willing to stand alone and say what they thought and not go along with the crowd. And Ash was so disturbed by this. And this is what he said. He said, the tendency to conformity in our society is so strong that reasonably intelligent and well-meaning young people are willing to call white black. He said, this is a matter of concern. And it raises questions about the ways that we educate and about the values that guide our conduct. And you may say, well, that was college students, and they're young and they're impressionable. But no, I see that among us as adults and older adults as well. That we're not really willing to stand alone. And here's what they found. Well, here's, I like this picture. Here's, here's what that means to us. It means that people commonly follow the majority even when it's wrong. And we've just become like everyone else. Well, what's the reason for that? Number one is because we really don't know what we believe. We doubt our thinking. We think, well, somebody, I look at what somebody else is wearing, and they must know the fashion better than I do, so I need to wear that. Or I look at somebody else and say, well, that's how they're raising their kids, so I must do that. And we're relinquishing, developing our own beliefs because we're looking at everybody else because we're doubting how we believe ourselves because we've never taken the time to develop our beliefs for who we are. It's easier to go along with the crowd. And the second reason that that happens is we just want to be liked. And sure, who doesn't want to be liked? But compromising our own identity and compromising who God uniquely made us to be because we need other people to like us, we're getting ripped off by the way we think, by going along with the crowd and, and doing the easy thing because it's hard to discover and to develop our own 
thoughts and our own beliefs and our own truths. And this is exactly what Paul and Jesus addresses this quite often, what they were addressing when they taught, think for yourself. We need a transformed, renewed mind. You know, I know it's scary for parents when they're young uh, child at 16, 17, 18 begins to kind of veer down their own road. We don't want them to experience the consequences that we experience. Do I want my kids to go out and drink Boone's Farm? Absolutely not. But can I hold them back and tell them, you better not do it. That's the moment they're going to go do it. And you know what happens? All of us adults know that still have some consequences reverberating in our lives today. We know that sometimes we have to make those horrible mistakes in order to learn the truth, right? Sometimes those consequences are a big teacher. And quite honestly, that's when I developed my own faith when I had to find out for myself. And so the, the second type of conformity is called internalization. We looked at compliance and what that means and how we just go along with the crowd and we really don't believe that inside. But the second type of conformity is internalization. Now this is when a person thinks through and adopts viewpoints and attitudes because they want to discover the truth for themselves. And there's a culture in the church that pinches us into conforming, into compliance, where we come in and we just go through the motions and we say this is the church thing to do, but very few people are really changing from the inside out. Very few people are, can answer why you come to church. And if I were a person that didn't know why, I wouldn't come either. If I didn't get up and wasn't able to answer in my own heart and mind why I do this, I wouldn't do it either. And so many people have seen people just going through the motions. Well, why would you do that if there isn't some kind of internal change? And my concern is that that's not what the world is seeing from Christians. They're seeing us go through the motions and do the things that they don't want to do because what's the point? And so we have to take a look at, are we being conformed internally? Can we answer why we do this, why we have faith? Are we able to speak up and say, here's how I was conformed because God says we're to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. And to have the mind of Christ. And that is absolutely impossible without our superpower. Without receiving our superpower, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We have a superpower when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. We should be some of the most confident people on the face of the earth. Not in ourselves but in the power that God is doing inside of us and witnessing to the transformation. I was this and now I'm this only because I have a superpower that is changing me from the inside out. Are there believers out in the world like that? Is that what the world is seeing in people who call themselves Christ followers? Or are they just seeing you, well, I've got to go to church today. Well, 
I'm not going with you because I don't see the point. And that's generally the state. And that's why this is so important. Because our minds can be like Christ. We can be like him, not humanly, but through him changing us and renewing our minds. Because when our mind is renewed, our life will go in that direction. Unlike compliance where conforming is purely for social acceptance, a person seeking to conform to God's word will be transformed and changed and will be able to talk about that change. I love talking to people who have had that change and they're not afraid to tell me they got drunk on Boone's farm. They're not hiding that. They're not ashamed of that anymore because God has redeemed them. I was once hooked on pornography, a man told me, but now I'm not because I have worked and I am allowing God to transform me. And do I slip and do I fall? You better believe I do because those habits went deep in me. But I'm telling you, my face is pointed to become to the likeness of Christ and he is changing me. And one day I will overcome that. Is that what the world is seeing out of believers? A renewed mind actively on a daily basis pursues God and says, God, I am a human and my brain tricks me. But you know what? Every day I'm going to get on my knees when I get up in, in the morning and I have hope because I have Jesus. I have a ton of promises available to me and I'm still breathing breath and that means that your work is not completed in me and I have purpose and I need to go out into this day and fulfill the purpose that you've given to me and the only way that I can do that is through a transformation. As you're transforming me, you're renewing my mind, and I keep my eyes on you. That's the direction my life will go. We have to exercise our invisible faith muscle. You know, people go to the gym all the time, and they're beefing up, and they're looking good on the outside. But our, our weapons are weapons of the invisible. Faith does not work unless you exercise it. It's a muscle. It does not work unless you take the word of God and you walk out of here and you practice it and you put it into your life and you, fall, you fail and you fall and you get up and you try again and say God's word tells me to do this and so today I'm going to obey that. I'm going to take my thoughts captive. We'll talk about that. And, and, and I'm going to develop and I'm going to work this muscle of faith until I push through and I'm aligned and I'm in rhythm with the word of God. Is that going to be humanly easy? Absolutely not. But how many people are willing to stand alone in that territory? See, that's deep conformity. That's changing from the inside out. And I'm telling you, if you just conform from the outside and you just have the behaviors, one day you'll quit, you'll give up, because all you're operating on is willpower. You are not operating out of your superpower. That life choice and God's power creates miracles. You know what the world wants to see? They want to see miracles. They want to see something that really works. Because a renewed mind, you will choose a renewed mind 
exalts God and his ways over my own thoughts and feelings. God, my brain, I can't trust it. And so in this moment when I'm feeling this way, can I really trust my feelings? No, I'm going to submit and I'm going to surrender to who you are because your thoughts and your ways are higher than mine and I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to submit to you if I have to do that 50 times a day, that's what I'm going to do until I'm aligned with you and I'm in obedience with you because a renewed mind will do that, will choose to do that, to exalt you know, to choose our own feelings and our own thoughts over God's is just foolish. It's just foolish. You can't trust your brain. You can't trust the thoughts that pop into your head. So we, I, I gave you a series of questions here, and I'm telling you, this is gold. This is gold for you because you can pull out these questions and when you get a thought in your head, you can filter it down through this and I put them in your notes so that you could carry them with you. Put them in your pocketbook, put them in your wallet so that when a thought pops in your head, you pull this out and I'm going to tell you how you can cap capture those thoughts. A lot of people think, well, I can't control my brain. Yes, you can. You can take charge. You can hand that over to God. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. Here's some questions. You know, first, number one, will these thoughts, where will these thoughts lead me? You know, you might be a person that, well, I can't do that. I hear that on a daily. Well, I can't. Well, of course, if you, if you tell yourself you can't do it, you won't. Or you'll say, oh, man, I am such a stupid person. That is a lie out of hell. That's not true. Is that a thought that's going to build you up or tear you down? Because God wants us to have an accurate picture of who you are. So you, you ask yourself, where will these thoughts lead me? If you're telling yourself you're stupid, it's going to lead you down a really bad road. It's going to affect everybody around you. And you'll end up right where you never wanted to be. Secondly, will these thoughts get me to where I want to go? Do you want a, a godly view of yourself? Do you want good relationships? Will that thought that you have lead you? to where you want to go? Are these thoughts acceptable in God's word? That means you need to know what's in God's word. You need to know what he says. You need to be reading it. Get those promises. Get his directives. We can't obey unless we know what to obey. So we have to get in the word. Are these thoughts, um, will these thoughts build me up or tear me down? Could I share these thoughts with someone else? It's really interesting. You know, I have people in my office, I've had them for 30 years, and they'll tell me their secrets that they've never told anyone else. And if we don't get those thoughts out, and if we're not honest with one another, that shame will destroy you. And so we need to begin to have conversations that say, yeah, this is what I did, but here is how God is renewing. And that's where I want to invest the rest of my life is in conversations that are honest and raw and, and, are, and are real. That's who I want to spend time with, people that are willing to be honest because that's when healing will happen. When we expose that shame to the light and to the air, it is overpowered. So could I have these thoughts with someone else? We need to be 
be, be uh, getting those out. Where did these thoughts originate? Where did they come from? Sometimes we have to trace them all the way back to, to our childhood or we have to find that point at which we began to think these thoughts that are taking us down a road and God will help you do that. He'll put his invisible arms right around you as you do that. You don't have to be afraid of it. Do I feel guilty having these thoughts? Do these thoughts fit who I am as a follower of Christ? And I can promise you, when you get a thought in your head, if you comb it down through those questions, then this is what you can do. A renewed mind will take thoughts captive. I want to tell you something here. When that thought pops in your head, that is not sin. I don't care what thought it is. When a thought pops in your head, that is not sin. It is temptation. It is your opportunity. Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. Did thoughts pop in his mind? I would probably say yes, they did. Because he was a human, 100%. And he was in situations and in the culture where he was tempted. And he probably had some thoughts that popped in his head. But he did not act or move on those thoughts. And he would go directly to his father in his temptation. And he would say, in that moment, he had a superpower. He was the superpower. And in that moment, when that thought came into it, like when you're in traffic and you want to flip that person off because you don't like how they drive, or you're a man and you are married and you see a woman and you begin to lust, you have not sinned. It is that you are a man. That's how God created you. You need to look at your wife and be turned on by your wife. So you cannot be turned on by your wife if you don't have that, that thing inside of you. <laughs> I'm getting a little few little smiles. <laughs> and so you don't want that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. But when that thought comes where you're tempted to look at somebody else, you stop. You want to develop some trust in your wife? You tell her, you know what? I am taking that thought captive. Honesty. And you take that thought captive. When you are tempted, we are not responsible. We're responsible for what we do with that temptation. And in Corinthians it says, and we take captive every thought and put it under the control of God. Boy, if we could be honest with each other about those thoughts that pop in our mind and then say, here's, here's what I'm doing when that happens. I'm praying, I'm going to the Lord first. I'm being honest with it. I'm telling it. Boy, now you're a person that can be trusted because you're honest. Well, how do we do that? Well, let's take a typical day at your work. Your boss gives you an assignment and you just hate that. Or you have to do something that day. You just hate it. You're tempted to go down the road of a really bad, complaining, nasty attitude. That was perfection. <laughs> was that you, Jeff? Oh, <laughs> that was good. That was Woody Woodpecker laughing at, anyway. So are you with me? You're with me right in that moment of temptation. And you want to go talk to your coworker about your stinking boss that always gives you the worst task. <laughs> You've been there. You have opportunity to either take that thought captive or go with it. And a lot of times we want to go to other people because we want the validation of them saying, yeah, man, that was. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But when that thought 
pops into your mind that you are not responsible for, now you're responsible for what you're going to do with it. And you're at work, or you've got another thought, or you're in the situation, you're being tempted, when you know that in God's word, it says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Well, that's not going to come very naturally, God. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go your way. And I'm going to ask you to take that thought in me captive. And you know what that'll do? That'll take you down a whole other path. And it'll begin to get you where you really want to go, where you really want to end up. You see, a renewed mind uses invisible weapons. Do you realize that we've got invisible weapons? This faith life is in the unseen world. It's in the invisible world. It's in the matrix world. It's real, y'all. And it's there. It's just whether or not you're tapping into it. And we have invisible weapons for spiritual warfare because it is spiritual warfare. It's a battle in your mind. You cannot see it, but it will show up in your behavior. It's a spiritual warfare, and that warfare is God's. And so in order for the enemy of our life and the, the Lord of our life to take care of that battle, we hand it over, and God gives us weapons. You know what they are? The Spirit of God. God's Word. And he gives us an armor, and you can find it in Ephesians. And every morning, I wish believers would get up in the morning, and you'd put on your spiritual armor that the enemy cannot get through. It's the breast, the belt of truth, the breastplate of, you can read those. It's, it's a spiritual, invisible armor. Just like last week when we were talking about fear, and you saw that little video of the guy that was holding that, that person that was doing the bungee, that those invisible arms are around us 24-7. We should be the most confident people on the face of the earth because we have spiritual weapons. We have invisible arms that are holding us. And when we begin to align our mind with God, I can tell you, it'll increase the battle. That's not good news, is it? It'll get more intense. But it will be determined, are you, are, are you willing to stand alone? Are you willing to submit and surrender all of this to God and his will? And when you pray in that moment when you're tempted, we have a power. Is that what the world is seeing? Is that what the world is seeing? Because the battle is in the invisible world. And I just found this week, and I thought this was pretty awesome. There is evidence that each one of us have an angel. I put the scriptures in there so that you could go home this afternoon. I haven't named mine yet, but we have an angel. There's evidence throughout the word of God that we have an angel that walks with us, that guards us. Well, what does a renewed mind look like? Well, there was something that happened this week or last week or whenever it was that sure has made a big impact on the world. People are talking about it. People are questioning it. And it's Kanye. Watch this. What do you say to people who would say, and there will be people that will say, I don't believe it. I don't believe 
the reawakening of that Kanye is saying he's having. I don't believe if I look at the last two, three, four, five years of his life, I don't believe that this can be as uh, night and day as it is. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's that, you, what, that you would be one day living your life in one way and now saying everything is for this. I'm not sure I believe it. What would you say to those people? Well, I'd say when you go to sleep, would you agree that you are asleep when you are asleep? And when you wake up, would you agree that you are awake when you are awake? Yeah. Would you agree that, that those are two different states? People who don't believe are walking dead. They are asleep. And this is the awakening. Last week we talked about how God, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, he unlocks that snare. But when he unlocks that snare, do you remember the eagle? Still has lots of wounds. And I got to tell you, I am glad I am not Kanye West. Because he has testified that the snare has been opened. And now there are a lot of wounds that he's going to have to heal. And he's got the world watching him, and especially Christians. And I would have hated when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior for someone to say, oh, I'm just going to watch, and I'm going to see if this is really real. But in reality, if it is, and he's discipled to the place, and he understands that now it's going to take healing the wounds. But Kanye can say, say this. I was a rapper that was out of control that said my bipolar had taken me to all kinds of places, that I've stood up on stages and I've been drunk, and I used explicatives in every song that I had, and I was angry with the world, and I didn't like what was going on. But now, y'all, I believe that Jesus is king. That's a renewed mind where the snare comes, is, is lifted. But now the work begins to heal those wounds. I support Kanye because I support anybody who will say that Jesus is king, especially on a platform that he has when it's going to be really tough to walk through that. And some of the most judgmental people will be Christians. And I'm not saying I'm pro or against. I'm saying I support anybody who will say, God has opened the snare around my neck. I once was lost. Today I'm found. And now I'm going to walk with the Lord. And I'm going to allow him to renew my mind. It's his choice. It's your choice. It's my choice. Are we going to be conformed to the culture? And have lazy thinking and just go along with the crowd because it's easier? Or are we going to allow God to take the tough place within us? I've got some biblical heroes. First of all, I think of, I think of um, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. These were th three young Jewish men that the pagan king tried to change their names, and unfortunately, we know them better by their pagan names that they refused to take, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know those names, but very few of us call them by Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. 
And they said, we refuse to take on the identity of the pagan king, even at their death. And so the king said, you will go to the fiery furnace. And when people looked into that fiery furnace, there were four. And they came out, didn't even smell like smoke. But one of my ultimate mentors and heroes in the Bible, I have three that are really powerful in my life. It's Daniel. Because when I was a kid, I learned this little song that said, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. And dare to make it known. That little song empowered me. And I said, I want to be like Daniel. I don't need to be liked. I just want to be heard telling about the goodness of his grace and what he's done in my life. The world needs that kind of hope. Are we the believers that will do that? Because a a transformed mind will change, will be changing from the inside out. And we will live by personal convictions because we know that we know that we know what I believe and I'm going to stand firm and nobody's going to take me off of that. And I'll stand alone and I'll go to my death. For my Lord. Wow. And then we'll know what the perfect will of God is for our life. Our mind is a powerful tool. What's influencing yours? Let's worship.
That's one of those lies that we believe. We feel all alone. We feel like we're the only one that's going through this. Daniel said, I refuse to bow to that pagan thought. I will not allow my identity to be shaped by what the world says that I am. And he got thrown in with lions. And when they looked in there, they saw two. And he came out. Because you see, in that moment where you have that thought that has the potential of taking you down, you have invisible weapons. You have arms that are holding you tight. You have an armor that will not allow the arrows of the enemy to penetrate. You have the word of God, and you have the power of the spirit of the living God right there in that moment, we have no excuses for falling. We've got invisible weapons. As I said, we should be the most confident people on the face of the earth, not because we trust in ourselves or our own brain, but because we have a superpower. And we have a renewed mind that's being transformed on a daily basis because we've made that choice. Heavenly Father, let us be the people that revolutionize this world simply because we stop looking at what everyone else is doing and we take up our weapons and we follow and obey you and we declare that nothing will be Lord over my mind and my heart but you, God. Father, thank you so much for your love. You love us so much that you want, to be, want us to be victorious and to lead a life that's godly and healthy. And you make a way available to us through Jesus Christ. And if you've never accepted him, you can do that right now and you can find out more about what that means because at that moment, you receive power to overcome anything this world might throw at you. And then we have to kind of go into recovery to heal those wounds. And what a walk, what a challenge, what a life it is as we allow him to do that. Father, thank you so much for who you are. May we be victorious in you and have renewed minds being transformed on a daily basis. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what do you think of that, huh? <laughs> Love you guys.